This special Christmas episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Jolly Dream Toys. Remember, if it's not a Jolly Dream, it's not worth having. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's week one of Christmas time on Pod Cemetery with 1980s Christmas Evil and 2015's A Christmas Horror Story. That's right, two weeks of Christmas movies on Pod Cemetery. We are just over a week out from Christmas. Oh my God! We still haven't gotten all of our presents. We haven't done any decorating. There's no tree. Jesus. I have to do a lot of that next week. Listen, we have a wedding coming up. And <laughs> I just had my play. Yes. <laughs> so, oh man, there's so much to do, including this podcast. Yes. <laughs> But before we get into the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Horror trivia. I realize I did not get any trivia prepared. (laughs) Damn it. But while I'm doing that, you go ahead. Give me what you got. What is the name of Buffalo Bill's dog in The Silence of the Lambs? Oh! Is it like Precious or something? It is Precious. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Cool. (laughs) We just saw him. Uh, we just watched the report. Yeah, we just watched the report on Amazon, and he plays one of the CIA directors in that movie. All right, Kelsey. Vincent Price had a role in which 1990 hit film starring Johnny Depp? Edward Sisterhands. That is correct. All right. Let's move on to our first movie, which is 1980's Christmas Evil, written and directed by Lewis Jackson, starring Brandon Maggart, Jeffrey DeMunn, and Diane Hull. Brandon Maggart, by the way, is Fiona Apple's dad. That Andy Kaufman, Timothy Hutton, Richard Schiff-looking motherfucker is Fiona Apple's dad. (laughs) Who? All I need is a good defense. No, I know who Fiona Apple is. <laughs> who, which guy? The main character. That is his, is her father? Yes. <laughs> also, Jeffrey DeMunn, who's probably best known for his work nowadays in The Walking Dead, but we recently saw him in The Mist on this show. Mm-hmm. This is also the film debut of Patricia Richardson, who's the mom from Home Improvement. She is Moss's mother, somebody who named their kid Moss, and is also kind of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> anyway, what is Christmas Evil about? A kid apparently has a traumatizing event as a child, and because of that, he becomes obsessed with Santa Claus, and as an adult, that obsession takes over once he realizes that the naughty list is longer than the good list. Nice. <laughs> Came right. up with that on my own right now. <laughs> uh, 
So the movie is on popcorn flicks and voodoo with commercials for free. Uh, it's also available for free via subscription on Shudder and Showtime. We watched it on Shudder. But you can even buy it on Vudu for 99 cents. Should people watch this movie? I would recommend this movie to people who don't mind a slow build and yeah. who enjoy like watching someone slowly go insane. If that's if that's something you're into, then I think you would enjoy this film. Like yeah. I, I think this is actually good for those people but anybody else this is going to be boring and kind of silly it's silly definitely and it is kind of slow boiling and there are some plot elements that are like why is this even in the movie like with his brother like it was totally unnecessary and felt out of left field <laughs> but it was interesting it was yeah not it what was, I was really expecting. interesting absolutely not no i uh i would say that i liked this movie and I would recommend it if you're in the mood for a sort of, like, 80s slasher that's Christmas-themed, then, yeah, by all means, watch this movie. Interestingly, though, Lewis Jackson uh, doesn't think of this movie as a slasher. Neither do I. Doesn't uh, have the same mechanics as a, as a slasher film. Well, but... But... Uh, he actually... And I think when we get to the end, we'll uh, we'll we'll be able to see that uh, he thinks of it more as like a Christmas meets Frankenstein sort of thing, which is bizarre. But when you get to the end, there's some overt references to Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you can take our advice or leave it. But when we get back, we will talk about 1980s Christmas evil. I told you he'd be happy that we remembered him. This Christmas, Santa's going to make everyone happy. The grown-ups. And the kids. Christmas evil. The non-believers. Watch out! And the screamers. And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa. Or he'll slay you. Christmas Evil, the night he dropped in. Get it? It's a pun. It's like Christmas Eve. Yes. But evil. But that's not what it was originally called. No, it was uh, called You Better Watch Out, which is probably a better title. Probably. Because they don't really frame him as being evil. Right. Just sick. It's but also, it's a fun pun. It is. It is. It's also... Another working title for it was Terror in Toyland. <laughs> I will say this for the title. I like that it falls in line with New Year's Eve. New Year's Evil, yeah. Christmas uh -huh. Evil. Basically anything with an Eve. <laughs> I'm sure there's an All Hollows Evil, right? There's gotta be. I hope so. There is! <laughs> So, Kelsey, can you get us started? What happens in Christmas Evil? The movie starts out Christmas Eve, 1947. And the first shot 
aside from the house, the establishing shot, the shot of the kids and the mother is so weird. The mom has this demonic smile on her face. Yeah. And is just staring intently at, at the uh, the chimney. It's weird. At first I was like, is she an older sister? Is this real? Is this like actually Santa Claus? Like it's it's very bizarre and you don't quite know what's going on. I would say this this whole intro is very poorly directed. Oh, I disagree. I really like it. No, it's fun, <laughs> but it does a piss poor job of communicating what's actually happening. I think it's pretty clear that it's all from the kids' perspective. Well, let's wait. Okay. Well, first of all, who was that lady? We don't know Their she's mom. the mom. Yeah. But when they're sitting on the stairs, no idea. Could be anybody. And she's pretty young, so it looked like maybe she was just an older sister, like a teenage sister or something. So then we see Santa Claus come down the chimney. Yep. He goes and eats cookies and drinks milk, and the mom whispers to her kids, see, I told you he'd like it if we remembered him or There's something. There's also a finger bowl for washing his hands. <laughs> it's just really weird. He had to go down the chimney. <laughs> I guess. And then we see him like, ha, 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 ha. Like, they never say ho, ho, ho. Did you notice that? No. They do. Later on, he does. He's trying to develop his Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. It's not like an, it's not, because when Santa ho, ho, ho's, he's laughing. You know what I mean? It's just, we know it as ho, ho, ho. It's so ingrained in our, and our, in the zeitgeist is ho, ho, ho. But we, that we forget that it's describing his laughter. Nobody really actually laughs. Ho, ho, ho. Like, that's not a laugh. It's. Ho, ho, ho. Like, that's Santa's laugh, and we spell it out, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I guess. But anyway, I think he notices the kids. He smiles, gives them a wink, touches his nose, and then... Disappears up the chimney. Yeah, he disappears, and then the kids blink out of frame. It's so bizarre. So what I thought was going on here was we were seeing it from a kid's perspective and a kid's perspective is going to be I think you're right completely different from what really happened right and i think that confuses things a little bit because you're right they do sort of just blink out and now we see the stairs with nobody on it and the kids are upstairs talking about it and one kid says to the other it was dad it's not actually Santa Claus and the other kids like no shut up you're stupid daddy that wasn't daddy wasn't daddy you're crazy Harry no you're crazy you don't know nothing Philly he wants to go check out a noise he hears downstairs so the one who believes in Santa Claus goes downstairs and sees what Santa is all up in his mom's Nether region. Business. Yes. He's groping her and all that stuff. She's wearing a robe, but she has on like uh stockings. Stockings and a garter belt and everything. And yeah. You know, it's it's a whole sexual thing going on. And we get this really weird music cue. There are these sound cues. Like when he turns and he runs up the stairs, it's like supposed to, I guess, match the feeling of stomping up the stairs and running away. But the sound cue will come back. And I think that's intentional, but it's kind of a bizarre sound cue. I didn't notice it at all. And then he goes up to the attic, 
finds a snow globe, which is not laid out for Christmas for some reason, or maybe he took it up there with him. He breaks the snow globe and does what with it? Oh, he cuts himself. Yeah. And that's like the intro to this character as a kid and how this trauma affected him. Now, I don't know what what that was supposed to mean. Exactly. This is my point. What was he traumatized by? That Santa was groping mom? Yes. No, it was that he found out that Santa was his dad and that Santa wasn't real. Santa had left and now all of a sudden Santa is there again and and feeling up his mom. Like, this is my point when I say this intro, because it focuses on this kid's perspective, it's not really clear on what's actually happening. I thought it was that he was upset because he thought Santa was groping her. Why would that lead him to cut himself? Well... It, the problem is being disillusioned. Well, the thing is and that he when just... he becomes an adult, he thinks he is Santa. Yes. So, like, I interpreted it as, like, maybe my dad is Santa, so I'm Santa. I don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. So he found out that his dad is Santa, which is confirming what his brother was saying, which was also a little unclear because they start talking and you don't see them. Yeah. So it's hard to tell which one is the one that believes and which one yes, isn't. Yes, I said that, too. Yeah. So it... it I like the concept of the intro. I just think it's poorly executed. I really enjoyed the weirdness of it. I liked, I loved the blinking out of the frame. I because I, I thought it really represented when you think back on your childhood. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but I have extremely unclear memories. So, yeah. like, that's the way my my memories are of childhood. Very pieces cuts so for me that felt true okay no no like i said it, it's fun i just don't think it conveys its meaning well enough it does not you are correct but i liked the fun yeah representation of childhood memories then we get a title card which says the present the present get it yep more puns yeah oh and we got the original title you better watch out yes yeah, in our version that was on Shudder, the title card says you better watch out. It doesn't say Christmas Evil. And remember, guys, we watched, what was that, two years ago that we watched Better Watch Out? Yeah, it wasn't last year. It was two years ago. Yeah, uh-huh. That was two years ago. Yep. So our main character wakes up. Apparently, Fiona Apple's father wakes up <laughs> and jumps out of bed and does his stretches to Christmas music. <laughs> He cuts himself like shaving or something, and then he remembers back to the scene that we just saw two seconds ago. Yeah, but he has his shaving cream is on his face like a beard. And he points at himself and laughs. <laughs> but again, it's like, ha 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 ha. Like, like, that's not. He's, the... not. he's not Santa yet. Well, he kind of is because he goes and spies on children. Yes, he takes it very seriously. note in his naughty and nice books. Yes. Not lists. That bothered me. That made me real mad. Well, it's a list. It's just in a book. It doesn't have to be a scroll to be a list. Yeah, but he has an entry for every kid, and then he like keeps a record of the good or bad things that they've done. Including one kid who has a cutout of a naked lady from a penthouse uh, fold out. <laughs> yes, and later he will say that his Christmas wish is to have a lifetime supply of penthouse. Yeah, I think that's Moss. I want to say it that's is, Moss. It is Moss. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, did you notice all of the things that were written on his naughty list? I saw them, but I don't remember them. One of them was that he picks his nose. Yeah, and that I saw makes that. him bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, in comparison to 
I think he said something about like being mean to animals, but it also yeah. said picking his nose. It's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, he sees a little girl like kiss her baby doll. So apparently that makes her a good person. <laughs> and the other kid took out the trash, which makes him a good person yep, too, uh-huh. apparently. But he's just like watching them from across the street with binoculars. And it's so creepy. It's so creepy. We find out that he works at a toy factory called Jolly Dream, and I Jolly really, Dream really enjoyed that, that name. I yeah. thought it was cute. <laughs> but he is distressed. He's recently been promoted, so he's not on the floor anymore. He's not actually making the toys, but he's distressed that the quality of the toy making has gone down. They're not durable anymore. They're not made out of pewter or, or, or metals they're made out of plastic and they break easily. And it's like, how long are these things supposed to last? And the responses he gets back basically amount to, well, it's cheaper to make. We make more money. And then if they have to buy another one, that's good for us. And this other guy who works there, who's a total fucking asshole for no good reason. This is Frank. Yeah. Ta- oh, his name is Frank. His name is Frank. Yeah. It's really funny. Our guy's name is Harry. If you've read Flowers for Algernon. The dick friend is one, one of them is Frank. Frank yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, he takes a bite out of his sandwich and like talks about how much he fucking hates Christmas and that he wants to like take a break and he's going to want somebody to take on his uh, his his hours. He wants to take his family out on a trip. Yeah. And so he can't physically be there is yeah. the is the issue is what Frank says. Yeah. And so he offers it up to Harry. You were missing the the floor. You liked building these toys. Well, then you can fill in for my shift. We're going to do each other a favor, Harry. What do you mean? I couldn't get anyone else to take my shift. And I remembered how much you said you missed the line. Well, you can go back on for one night for me. Well, I... Uh, you weren't kidding me for a No, I miss being close to the toys, but... Great. But... I appreciate you doing me this favor, Harry. Okay, sure. Have a nice weekend. Thanks. You have a good time tonight. So he's working late at night in his suit and tie. When he leaves that night, he passes by the bar and hears Frank. Call him a schmuck. Yes. Good morning. Jan and me are leaving in the morning. I get that schmuck Harry working for me tonight. <laughs> Saying, could you believe it? He believed me. He was just at the bar all night and he didn't want to work. Mm-hmm. And that makes Harry very, very angry. Yeah, so he looks in on the kids again and then he sees again parents having sex on the couch. He goes to his dollhouse, which he has in his apartment, and is like holding on to this figure from his dollhouse and he's kind of sitting in his chair at home and he's aggressively humming you better watch out. Yes. Over and over. And it's just this long, unbroken shot of him seeming very distressed and off his rocker. Yes. And it, I, I really liked that. Well, then we get a montage of him making a Santa suit, just like out of the Grinch. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite long. So, yeah, he calls his brother and... 
for whatever reason, he just cannot let go of how annoyed he is with his brother. And he gets really, really angry about this. And his wife is like, yo, calm down. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Leave Harry alone. Let him have a good time. Don't start with me. You make Harry suffer so much for his mistakes. Not today. All he makes is mistakes. So what? He's a sweet man. And I know. So no anxiety? Promise me? If I start to think about how lame he is, there's no way I won't say the wrong thing to him. So don't think. Well, I mean, he had already not wanted his brother to come. Yeah, then but now he's wife, upset that his brother's not coming. And then his wife convinced him that he would come. And then he calls him up and he's like, I'm not coming. And so he's mad because he's like, I didn't even fucking want you here. Yes. You know, you're supposed to be the older brother. You're supposed to be the one that I look up to. But think about it. Okay, let's say you have plans with somebody and you're like, this happens a lot. It happens to everybody. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I didn't have plans tonight. I love this person. But I really want to just stay at home in bed or whatever, you know. And then they call up and cancel. Do you get mad at them for canceling? Or do you go, oh, whew, good. They canceled. I don't need to feel guilty about getting to stay home now. Like, that's why it struck me as odd that his brother was just so manic about this. I think it really depends on the situation, also, I think he's also worried about him. Like, why doesn't he want to come? Yeah. What's he going to go and do? Because I think he knows that his brother is unstable. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he goes to Moss's house. And in order to disguise himself, he rubs mud on his face. And then he goes up to the side of the house and presses his face and hands against the house. And it leaves an imprint. Which is important because that way when he comes back to this house later, we know exactly what house it is. Mm -hmm. But it's just so bizarre to watch it happening. Yeah. Like, what's going on? I have no idea. But um, I feel like crazy people would do crazy things yeah. that don't make sense. And so they're going to leave and go somewhere, Moss and his mom. And so she's dragging him out of the house trying to get him out. And Harry has to jump into the bushes. To hide. And the kid is refusing to get into the car, and the mom... Oh, my God. ...happens to be the mom from Home Improvement. Yeah. <laughs> but she straight up slaps him. <laughs> well, he ignores her several times. In right, fact, she just, tells, like, right across the face. Tells her straight up, no, I won't get in. Yeah. So um, you lift up your kid by the collar and put him in the car. You don't smack him. <laughs> but he sees something. Yeah. The kid's a little fucking prick, but he does see something yeah. in the bushes, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And just as he's probably about to find out, that's when the mom grabs him. Yeah. And then she kind of looks and is suspicious. Did he actually see something? Yeah. But Harry doesn't get caught here. No. And then, like, we see him at home, and he's, like, making his own toy soldiers, which I guess is the one that he uses later. Yeah. I would assume. He's, he's he's melting down various metals or whatever, silver or other metals, and then he's he's casting them in these in these casts to create these heavy duty, durable Christmas toys. He goes to a Christmas party for Jolly Dreams, and he meets George Grosh. 
who is this young up-and-comer who has all these great ideas about how to turn the company profitable. Yes. And they just announced that uh, the company, Jolly Dreams, is going to be donating toys to the local children's hospital. But they don't have enough for all of the kids in the hospital. And They don't even do the math to figure out if they do. They're just going to – they just want to be able to say it. Yeah. And – they're requiring the workers to donate. Yes. So in order for us to do that, you need to increase production so we can give away these toys and donate your own money. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to do it. And But still, behind all of it, no math to figure out how many toys they need, how many kids are in that hospital. And they don't seem to care. It's just a great PR move. This yes. is another thing that really angers Harry. That film over there. It's not specific about how many toys the companies donate. Are there enough toys for all the children in the hospital? I don't have the slightest idea how many children are in that hospital, Harry. I worked on campaign presentation. But I'll tell you something. The idea of mine is really solid. The factory can't always shoulder the whole burden. You mean you're waiting for these guys to contribute? You're on the other side of the desk now. You've got to understand good business. It's okay, Harry. Really, the factory comes out okay. And so do those kids you're so worried about. You're worse than he is. He doesn't even know why a tune has to be played. You actually know how to play. And look what you're doing with it. Yeah, he hates the commercialization of Christmas. Yeah. He ends up talking to the one that got one of the guys that he was at lunch with, and he makes a joke about the fact that he had to work that guy's hours. And Harry kind of goes off the deep end here and mm-hmm. starts saying, like, I got your number now. I can play the tune now. And the other guy's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yep. I got you guys' number now. What do you mean? The right tune. I've been trying to find the notes to it for as long as I can remember. Well, I found it. I can play the tune. I'll tell you, Harry. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Hey. I mean, he's making a metaphor. He's saying that, like, you know, I didn't, I never could understand the beats to your tune. Yeah. Now I get it, and now you're a pay. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, what he's saying is, I've always felt like an outsider. I never understood people. Now that it's become clear to me. Yeah, I'm starting to get it. I realize that mm-hmm. people suck. People are naughty. Yes. I think we should also mention that it was apparently his idea. Yes, he came up with the idea of donating the toys, but this George Grosch guy turned it into a PR move and executed it poorly as far as Harry's concerned and kind of ruined his great idea. Because one of the executives at the company, Mr. Fletcher, is the one who introduces him to George, and he's like, hey, that was a great idea, Harry, and George had had more ideas to add on top of that, and now this turned into something great. Yeah. I assume that's why he got promoted. Yes. So he goes to the toy factory in the middle of the night and starts stealing some toys and breaking the rest. He turns on the conveyor belts and lets them fall. And as soon as they fall, they just shatter, just demonstrating just how cheap these toys are now. So he gets dressed up as Santa Claus and he convinces himself that he is, in fact, Santa Claus. He thinks that suddenly the beard is actually attached to him and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which was fun. I thought that was interesting. He starts like cackling and watching yeah. him slowly. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like if they had focused on that and if they had made it maybe a little bit more fast paced, because I'm really not a fan of these kind of slow movies. Like, I'm not a fan of Taxi Driver, even though I see that it's a good movie. Uh huh. I wish they had not 
I don't want to say make it like a joke, like play it up, but it would have been more fun to watch him slowly start to believe he is Santa Claus. Uh-huh. And like the things that he does actually really represent who Santa Claus is, mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, we'll get there. I do love this next sequence because it comes out of absolutely nowhere. Which one is this? He looks in on a Christmas party. Yeah. They Some drunk guy sees him outside and decides to bring him in. And, and his sack is actually filled with toys. Wasn't he going to the fucking so hospital? He, did. He, did, he went to the a children's home or the children's hospital or whatever it was. So he's driving around in a van that has a sleigh painted on it. Which is really inconspicuous. <laughs> but again, I like that that feeds into his delusion. I love this creation of himself. Yeah. So he, But he starts being Santa Claus. He breaks into his brother's house. He delivers toys to the nephews. He delivers... But he also breaks a bunch of presents. Yeah. Well, he's kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> He he delivers a bag full of dirt to Moss when he goes back to Moss's house. Oh, is house. that what it was? Yes. Uh-huh. I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> and he goes to the hospital to deliver all those toys he stole from the factory. And while he's outside waiting for them to get somebody to deliver, uh, to, to get the toys, he's like practicing going, Merry Christmas. And he, he's saying it, he gets better and better each time. And as he gets better and better, it starts to snow as if he's summoning the snow with him turning into Santa Claus. <laughs> and it's really kind of cool. And he's doing all these really great things. So then, yes, he he, fi- he stumbles upon this party where all the children are bored and all the adults are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this drunk guy comes out, sees him out there, and brings him inside, even though he's this totally filthy Santa Claus at this point. Yeah. Because he tried, that's right, he tried to go down the... the- <laughs> The chimney, and then he got stuck. Chimney in his <laughs> brother's house to deliver yep. toys, and he yes. couldn't. That was fantastic. And he kind of like has to get himself out, and he falls over off the chimney. More it's so of good. that, yeah. More of this of a man going crazy thinking uh-huh. he's become Santa Claus. And so he comes upon this party. They bring him inside. He's now filthy, but the kids love him because he actually has toys in his bag. Yeah. And they start this, like, dance sequence up where they're all doing, like, big, like, wedding-type dances. Yeah, uh-huh. They're dancing around with Santa Claus. Everyone's having fun. It is such a fun, cute scene until it goes south. And then he says... And I kind of love that it goes south. He gives this little speech. So we had we haven't mentioned he does he has killed somebody by this point. Before this party is when he killed the people outside the midnight mass or whatever it was that they were having. He stabbed oh, the dude right, in the eye with the toy. <laughs> outside of midnight mass, they decide <laughs> to be an asshole to this guy dressed as Santa yeah. <laughs> So he stabs one of them in the eye and like cuts the other guy's throat. And he, like, with, with tin soldiers. With tin soldiers, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's at, this, he's at this party and he's going to give a speech and he's having a great time. Everyone's loving him. He's doing a good deed. He gives gifts to the children and he gives this speech and he says, I want you to remember to stay good, boy and girls respect your mothers and fathers and do what they tell you obey your teachers 
and, and learn a whole lot. lot. Now, if you do this, I'll make sure you get good presents from me every year. <laughs> and then there's kind of this pause, just a little bit, and he's like, But if you're bad boys and girls... Uh-oh, where's he going with this? Your name goes in the bad boys and girls book. The one we saw him writing in earlier. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring you something horrible. And everyone's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, the kids look a little bit like, uh? And the parents are like, what the fuck did we do? And then, and then he just laughs. And everybody laughs. <laughs> Attention breaks. And everybody yeah. And then he leaves. Yeah. And so more of this. Yeah. So he's driving around and he's feeling great. And this is kind of the cycle that happens. He feels really good doing good things and making people happy on Christmas and rewarding good people. But then when he's when he feels so good, he thinks about the assholes and how like, why are they so bad? Why are they so naughty when doing these good things makes me feel good? And so he transfers all of this positive energy that he has into this rage. And he decides, I got to kill Frank. And so this is when the chimney thing happens, I think, at Frank's house. Yes. But in, and instead, he has to break into the house another way. And what does he do when he's in Frank's house? First, he tries to, he, Merry Christmas, Frank, and tries to smother him. Uh-huh. But that doesn't work, so instead he slits his throat. Yes. There's this thumping sound again at this point, which is similar to the one when he was running up the stairs as a kid. The sort of rapid thumping, very, very loud. All right. Merry Christmas, Frank. And Frank falls dead on top of his wife who can't even get a scream out she's so terrified and then he runs away yeah that was a really creepy moment he where panics the wife and runs where yeah. the guy falls on his wife it's yeah. a good moment and then she finally uh screams and it's like good thing i'm now going to get into my nondescript van and drive around <laughs> when everyone's going to know that yeah there's a santa in this van Anyway, the report gets out that Santa's going around killing people. And so the police start, like, bringing in Santa Clauses to interrogate. And witnesses are like, no, the white fur on his costume was was actually brown. It's not white. And so, like, they're trying to figure out who this Santa Claus actually is. Meanwhile, back at his brother's house, his brother's really upset that he hasn't shown up for Christmas. He's supposed to come over for Christmas dinner or whatever, Christmas Eve. I wrote down here, why is his anger at his brother ruining their marriage? Because it feels that way. He's like getting so upset and she's like, calm down. He's like, no. And he's like really angry and it's really starting to affect their marriage. I think he, at this point, the implication is that he thinks his brother is behind it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Why won't you believe something's wrong with you? You gotta stop this! Terry has forced me to be this way. Just be honest with yourself about why he's not here. You don't understand. Understand what's happened to us. How could you understand? Dennis, turn that down. But this is the best part of the movie. 
me to I leave. said turn it down. Why won't you understand? I wanted an older brother. Somebody to look up to, to be proud of, to talk to. My brother is an emotional cripple. I'm his keeper, responsible for everything he does. Dennis, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Daddy's not feeling so good. It's okay. There's also a cop who 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 makes a statement that this is good. This is there's a there's a Santa out there delivering toys and killing bad guys. This will scare kids into recognizing that they don't have everything coming to them. And that's good. Mm-hmm. It's like a modern Krampus, but he's also Santa. It's like a two-in-one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe our Santa's going to do some good after all. You mean give the myth back its meaning? Myth, Smith. Don't make kids scared again. They won't think everything's coming to them so easy. They're bad. Just Santa will get You're a real philosopher. You know that, uh, Gleason? So he calls his brother from a payphone. Yes. And he says, you won't have to worry about me anymore. Yeah. I wrote down here that I really like the music at this point. I mean, I really like the music in the film in general. It was weird and creepy and a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. So the movie kind of turns into Frankenstein at this point and M. So imagine the villagers and Frankenstein chasing the monster with their torches. But it's sort of like a civilian vigilante group. Like they they come across... This Santa Claus, who is hairy, and one guy is not letting it go. This is a Santa. He's probably the one that's doing all these killings, and he just won't let it go until ultimately they have a confrontation. He's, like, with the kids of these adults, and so they're, like, hesitant to do anything. Like, oh, if you if you do anything, he's going to hurt our kids. And the guy's like, no, I got this. And he, like, pulls out a knife or whatever on him. No, I think he pulls out a gun, and the kid gets in front of Santa. Yeah. And the, ki- the the guy's like, move out of the way. And she's like, no, daddy, I won't. Because yeah. she thinks in her mind he's going to kill he's fucking Santa really Claus. really Santa Claus. And so she takes the gun from him, I think, and then gives it to yeah. Harry. Something yeah. <laughs> like that. But anyways, it's very. this ends up being very Frankenstein meets M when they get together a big group of people to take out this guy who's terrorizing their town. And they literally get torches. And there's this mob of people with torches running after Harry dressed as Santa Claus. Yes. And it's all over town. Yes. As he's running away, he shows up at his brother's house. And his brother, so angry with him and figuring out what he did, just fucking strangles him. And we think he's dead. But he's not. He's not. And I'm like, wait a minute. Call the cops and tell them it was self-defense. He's a murderous Santa. Why are you so worried? Don't hide the body. Like, what's going on here? But he's actually he's actually not dead. He gets in his van again. Well, he and punches his brother, doesn't he? Yes, he just... Well, he gets in his van and his brother's trying to stop him. And so from inside his van, just a hand comes out and punches <laughs> his brother and knocks him out. And so he's driving, trying to get around this mob who's chasing him. And uh, there's another truck, I think, involved here. And the brother's chasing after him and he falls down an embankment that is very obviously fake. It has, you know, like those layers of fake snow (sighs) that you might buy at a grocery store, like (sighs) that kind of fake snow. And as the brother falls down this embankment, he looks up and he sees Harry's van drive off the side of this bridge and kind of fly away. (laughs) He just flies away. (laughs) 
I've heard some people say that, no, we can hear him crash. No, I think what we hear is we hear him crashing off the bridge. I think this is a very ambiguous ending. I think it's pretty clear that he dies. Oh, obviously. <laughs> but, like, the point is, is that it it's, it's Birdman, basically. Yeah. And... I like this a lot better than I liked Birdman. <laughs> yeah. I could have just done without the whole beginning. <laughs> sure. The slow build up to show me why his life is shitty was just boring. Yeah. And we went like back and forth to place to place to place to place. It could have been a lot more linear. Yes. Than it was. Could have been cleaned up. But I really like what is there. I did enjoy it, yeah. It was a lot of fun. But I can imagine a lot of people watching this and being very bored. Now, part of the reason this movie got a huge sort of uh, cult following is because John Waters really likes it and he promotes it and he did like a commentary track for the movie and all of that. So it's like totally his thing and he's been really heavily promoting it. So like that sort same sort of cult following that John Waters gets, he transfers over onto to this movie. He thinks it's his, it's like his favorite holiday movie, which is interesting. One last little thing is that apparently the director of Christmas evil first came up with the idea of a killer Santa Claus when he was smoking marijuana in the seventies and reportedly had a vision of Santa Claus holding a knife. Awesome. Weed isn't hallucinogenic. <laughs> Sounds like it was laced with something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, with that said, what do you think the movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? There are six reviews. 56. 83%. There's no consensus statement, but here's the thing. No major review outlets and two reviews are the same guy on two different sites at two different times. Like, he reviewed it once for one site, and then, like, five years later, he reviewed it again. And they're counting it twice. And no Variety review, no LA Times review, like, nothing from a newspaper or anything. They're all, like, fan sites that I have never heard of before. And 83%. So I feel like this number is a little distorted. Yeah. But still, that's what it is. Overrated or underrated? No Metacritic or cinema score, by the way. Obviously, it's overrated. <laughs> yeah. So what would you give it? I was going to give it a 61. I was actually going to give it a 70, so a little higher. I think there's some grimy quality to this. Yes. And it's very interesting. Yes. And... Doesn't make it a good movie. <laughs> right, but we've seen some bad holiday films that are just trying to cash in on the fact that it's a holiday horror movie. And this, I don't think, is one of them. It feels better than that yes yeah so it's 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 a good one yes not great no but good yeah <laughs> thank you for agreeing with me Kelsey. you're welcome <laughs> that is 1980s christmas evil before we move on to our next movie kelsey horror trivia vincent price starred in this 19 what <laughs> yep that's why I laughed when you said asked me the first one. Vincent Price starred in this 1959 ghostly classic and invited five people to survive the night. See, my problem is, is I get all these so confused as to which one has which title. That's House on Haunted Hill, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 
there's that and then there's the haunting and then there's like yeah it's just there's too many of them <laughs> to call forth Candyman, you must say his name how many times five times right and we like totally pointed that out yes that is correct it should be three but it's five it's for some five reason. times i don't know uh, maybe they figured that was creepier or something i don't know Anyway, next up is 2015's A Christmas Horror Story, an anthology movie of sorts. Kind of. Kind of. Basically, every segment was written and directed by a different person. But they spliced them together. Yeah, like there's some sort of order, and I think it's to the film's detriment, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's written by James Key, Sarah Larson, Doug Taylor, Pascal Trottier, and Jason Philia Trolt who is uncredited, I guess. And it's directed by Grant Harvey, Stephen Hoban, and Brent Sullivan, starring William Shatner, George Buzza, Buzza, and Rob Archer. That George Buzza, who plays Santa, by the way, is Beast from the 1990s X-Men cartoon. As Archimedes said when he discovered the principle of displacement, Eureka! What is a Christmas horror story about? Wait, you know what? First, can I just address the fact that it's an anthology, so there are several different stories, but it's still literally called A Christmas Horror Story, singular? Yes. What is a Christmas horror story about? The three stories are very, very loosely connected through a radio show host played by William Shatner. The three stories are one about... Santa fighting against... Zombified elves? Two parents struggle to figure out what's going on with their son after going out into the wilderness to get their Christmas tree. And a family fights Krampus. Two more. A family fights Krampus. What's the other one? the kids go into the school where those people were murdered. Oh, yeah, and a ghost story at a school for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't really have much to do with... Christmas, except that it happened on Christmas Eve. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be like a new... For no good reason. A new baby Jesus kind of thing, I think, is the idea. Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, it's... it's Okay, basically just, hey, you know what, write these sort of mini Christmas horror stories, and then we'll interconnect them very, very loosely. Like, extremely loosely, to the point where the only connection for one story is that... One of the characters in it is the boyfriend of a girl in another story. Like, that's the connection. Okay, all right, well, whatever. What's the connection with the family getting the tree? Oh, he's the cop who originally finds the body in the school. That's the only connection there. Yeah. So, whatever. Super loosely. (laughs) Anyway, the movie is available on Shudder for free, and it's as cheap as $1 to rent and $5 to buy on iTunes and Amazon Prime. Should people watch this movie? Even though the end contradicts certain things? Yeah. I would say this movie is worth a dollar just for the ending. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The Santa stuff was great. Yes. Some of the other stuff you just kind of have to muster through. And it what it does, the way they intersplice it, what it does is it totally removes... Any sort of sense of tension you have on any of the stories. Just as they ramp up tension and something's about to happen, they cut to another story and 
oh, now we got to do this again with a different story. And it's just that over and over and over again for the length of the movie. And that's why I think it really hurts it. It would have been better if it was like holidays where it was just each holiday had its own story from beginning to end. And they just moved throughout the and year. And if you want to connect them the way that you did, you absolutely you still, still could. still do that. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And honestly, again, if you just ignore the fact that it contradicts other things that happen in the film... You could still make the ending work. Yeah. I feel if you told them in order. Yeah, I think I'd say that's the biggest downside is because they wanted to they really wanted that ending and yeah, I see yeah. why. It's because they wanted the ending and they needed to build up to it throughout the length of the movie. Well, then we can't do them as individual vignettes. I think they could have. They need to be interspliced. No, that's the thing I think they they could have, but they weren't willing to kill that darling. And as a result, I think the movie as a whole suffers. But if you can watch it for a dollar or if you have a Shutter subscription, yeah, watch that thing. Mm-hmm. I'd say yes. Look, obviously some of the stories are much better than others. The the one in the school is fucking stupid. It but, really is. like, And totally forgettable. I totally yeah. forgot about it until Chris just reminded me of it. But even though I had problems with uh, the other stories, I still enjoyed them. Yeah. Well, you can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 2015's A Christmas Horror Story. Merry Christmas! Christmas. The most magical time of year. Tell me we will find the perfect Christmas tree. It's Christmas. Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition. Santa, lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit. But in Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different. Exactly one year ago, last Christmas Eve, the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime. And you still want to go down there just for some stupid school assignment? I get to do any door in the school. This is Krampus, right? What's a Krampus? He's like an anti-Santa Claus. A demon who punishes the naughty. He whips them, chains them up, stuff like that. That's fine. It's the elves. I fear they may all become infected. How did it all come to this? Bring the changeling back to the forest. That ain't your son. Did you not see what he did? The atmosphere here in Bailey Downs is truly grim this holiday season. Kelsey, can you get us started? How does a Christmas horror story begin? It's Christmas Eve at the North Pole. Yes. And Santa is checking in on his reindeer. Uh Uh-huh. And then 12 hours earlier. Yeah. In a radio show booth, we meet Dangerous Dan. Dangerous Dan. Who is played by... William Shatner, who, by the way... Does have kind of an awesome radio voice. <laughs> Dangerous Dan is going to tell you a secret. I love Christmas. There, I said it. Uh, so, you know, if he wasn't William Shatner. <laughs> he could have had a career. Yes. Famed writer of Tech War. And he says, Merry Christmas to Bailey Downs. And why do we know Bailey Downs? Bailey Downs is where Ginger Snaps takes place. Was this written by... So, okay, kind of. Bailey Downs is also where Orphan Black takes place. Is it really? Yeah, remember the show Orphan Black? Yeah, is it the same writer? Yeah, so directors for the film, Steve Hoban, 
Grant Harvey and Brett Sullivan all worked on the Ginger Snaps movies. And John Fawcett is the creator of Orphan Black. So, yes, it's entirely intentional. That's It's a reference to their properties. Cool. So this may, in fact, be a part of the Ginger Snapsiverse. <laughs> a person who pointed that out to us, by the way, actually on Twitter. So remember, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter. Chickapedia. Cool. Mention that on Thank you, Twitter. Chickapedia. Yeah, thank you. So Dangerous Dan is going to be here all night to get us through Christmas Eve. And he is planning on drinking through the evening. And he talks about how much he absolutely loves Christmas. And then somebody in the other booth puts up it's a the weatherman. Si- the weatherman yeah. puts up a sign and says, fuck Christmas. Yeah, he's not participating in his his little banter on the radio. He also talks to his producer, who we never see. Yes. And when he does that, when he shows the, the sign... Dangerous Tan says, you know who saw that? Jesus saw that. <laughs> yeah, there's this weird thing where William Shatner, Dangerous Dan, is like... Obsessed with Christmas. Yeah, but he's also one of those like anti-PC guys, you know, where he's like, I'm going to talk about Jesus because that's what the season's about. And you're like, oh God, is this going to be one of these movies? <laughs> eh, not really, but no. there, there, there are touches of that throughout the movie and you start to wonder, is that the the politics of the the filmmakers? Then we get a cut to something that happened a year ago. On Christmas Eve, a police officer was investigating a murder that took place on Christmas Eve in a school. And there's a video of him, and he starts to sing like this weird baby song. And then we see this girl who's been murdered flop down with her yeah. arms down, which we've seen in He's so like, many movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we just saw it in Blood Freak, you yeah. know? Like, it's happened a lot. And the video is being shown by a girl who is obsessed with becoming the next investigative reporter. And she's in high school and she's doing, she's investigating this murder. So she's taking a couple people, two guys with her to videotape her investigating this. Yeah. One of whom has the hots for her, and the other of whom is the boyfriend of a character from another one of these stories, who gets them the keys to the school because... I don't even know. I I think she says, but now that I think about it, her... Her dad is supposed to be... Uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. And so yet like, the idea is that her dad works for the school. That's what I thought. And then I remembered, yeah, no, he's like a businessman. What What's going on? I have no idea. Merry Christmas. I'll get you through any door in the school. I love you so much right now. Wow, Caprice. I can't believe you actually got them. That's my honey. Stick his fingers and belly down. Again, the, the links between these stories are, are tenuous at best. Yes. So while that is happening, as Chris just said, we have another character who's going to bring them those keys. So we get to see what happens with her family as well. So her father doesn't tell them why, but has decided that they're going to go and visit their great aunt or something. Yeah, his aunt. The rich one. And... On the drive up, the mother is this very cynical woman, and she's just like... 
why are we doing this again or whatever? And he goes, because I, I want us to have a happy family. I want this to be a happy Christmas. And she goes, so a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Back to the kids at the high school where they are shooting what she has dubbed horror in the hallways. Yep. Are we really going to call it that? Uh-huh. I liked that line. <laughs> One of the guys, so they're a little bit scared, a little bit nervous, and one of them says, don't be scared. And Chris and I were like, what is this, 2002? Yeah, did he just say, don't be scared? Come on, don't be scared. <laughs> and while they're filming, all the lights go out. And they're like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? Well, the sound guy who has a big crush on the girl who is heading this whole project, uh, they he has flashlights. That, by the way, is Molly, played by Zoe de Grand Maison, which is just Zoe of the big house. Uh, <laughs> she is one of the actresses from Orphan Black. Cut back to the family on their way up to this aunt's house. And they're talking about, like, she doesn't even like us. Why did she invite us? And then she turns to the husband and she goes, she did invite us, right? Mm -hmm. And the father pretty much lets it know, no, she didn't. But you know what? It's Christmas. Should be happy to let the spirit in. Uh-huh. So they get to the house and they go inside and the aunt is not happy to see them. She won't talk to them at all. And the son... It automatically gravitates towards this statue of Krampus and Santa fighting. Yes. And he grabs the Krampus statue and she go and she screams, Don't touch that. Don't touch that. It's very old. Somebody asks, what even is that? And the, the son knows a whole lot about Krampus. He's like, oh, it's this evil version of Santa. He comes after bad little kids. Well, if he knows that and kind of believes it because later he says, what if Krampus is real? Yeah. Why would he be such a little dickhead? Oh, he is such a dick. And break the Krampus statue after the, after the butler says... Yes, he comes after naughty boys and naughty girls. The butler, by the way, Julian Richings, we know from Supernatural. He plays Death. Yes, and we've seen him in other movies. He was an urban legend. Yeah. He was the um, red herring of a custodian. Yeah. They tell them, you need to leave now. Now that you've broken the Krampus statue, you need to go. Well, now we get a cut back to Santa Claus, which you might have forgotten was happening. Yeah. Again, the choice to to cut them up is not the best idea. Like, just when you're getting interested in what's happening in these stories, or just when it starts to get tense, oh, relieve all tension and go to a different story entirely. Yeah. It's such a wrong move. And I and again, like we said before the trailer, we get why they did it. They did it because they wanted to string this plot together. And they wanted the reveal at the end to be impactful. Which it was. I do yeah, like Yeah, they the were ending. successful, but at the expense of the whole rest of the movie's yes. uh, flow and tension. Yes. And like we said, there is a way to have done it if they had tried a little harder. Yeah. Uh -huh. But anyway, so <laughs> Santa is got all these elves and Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus invite the elves in for milk and cookies and one of the elves 
And it is funny. They all have very silly names. And it is it is kind of funny. Yeah, they're like sparkles and like stuff like that. Like they all have those names. Yes. And one of them doesn't want the cookie. And he keeps being like, no, I, no, thank and he you. He seems very grumpy. Yeah. And Mrs. Claus finally says, but I know how much you love my cookies. And he goes, I said I didn't want a fucking cookie, you reindeer fucking snow whore. <laughs> You're being silly, shiny. You know how much you love my cookies. I said I don't want a goddamn cookie, you reindeer fucking snow whore. <laughs> He had an uh, an axe or something. He was cutting wood or something like that. And he just slams it down into his own hand and splits apart his hand at the fingers. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up killing one th- that one. And or he ends up killing one or something. Yeah. And uh, he just they, goes feral. Santa's like, elves can't die, can they? And yeah. the other elf goes, no, they cannot. Well, it's the elf that said, wait a minute, Santa. I thought you said elves can't die. And Santa's the one that says they can't. Or I thought. He's dead. <gasps> dead? No. But elves. Can't die. Santa, elves can't die, right? No. They cannot. As cheesy as the production is, especially when you get to the Santa stuff, it is so it is very intentionally cheesy in just the way that makes it like really fun. Yes. I I really love the idea of elves going feral and attacking Santa Claus. (laughs) It's a great idea. (laughs) It is funny. But meanwhile, we have another story going on. Yep. So we have this family who goes on. So, okay. The cop from earlier who did the weird baby song on the video, we were told at the time that he's been on stress leave ever since. So he, his wife, and their son go out looking for the old-fashioned Griswold Christmas tree. (laughs) Because people forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. There it is. The Griswold family Christmas tree. On somebody else's land. Yeah. And he's like, who cares? It's one tree. They're not going to miss it. Yeah, nobody's out here. Yeah, it'll be fine. While they're doing this, though, the sun wanders off because he, like, hears something or sees something. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to see what happens to him. They're panicked and they're looking for him. Yes, they, they realize their son has disappeared and they start looking for him. And they find this tree with, like, a big opening inside of it. And for whatever reason, they think he's in there. And the guy puts his hand inside, and he pulls out his son. But his son is no longer talking, and his son has a weird look on his face. But they kind of ignore it, because they just figure something bad must have happened. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, it's the beginning of us. It is the beginning of us. It certainly is. And Chris was like, there's no way. No, it's not stolen or anything. It's just very similar. Extremely similar. It's similar. Kid runs off, disappears. Parents panic. Kid comes back, and now the kid's not talking anymore. (laughs) The movies are two entirely different movies. Then I think we get another cut of something at the... At the school? Yeah, so we get the... And I'm really sorry if we get this stuff out of order. It doesn't fucking matter. There is no reason that they need to appear in a certain order, but the principal is there, 
and it's Christmas Eve. And they're like, what the hell is the principal doing here? And he's talking to somebody on the phone. And they're like, that's really weird. He's here on Christmas Eve. Was he here last Christmas Eve when these people were murdered? And in order to get away from him, they unlock a door that goes down into the basement, which is weird because there's like housing in the basement of the school. I don't know. It's really confusing. I have a line about, no, actually, she died trying to abort her baby. Yeah, so downstairs, when like they, they get downstairs. they girls who got pregnant down there Yeah, or I guess. And this is where, so there was the, the girl and this other guy were killed downstairs where the their room was, I guess. It's so confusing. Yeah. They also find a room full of uh, nativity scene mannequins. Yeah, and they say a line about the fact that you're not allowed. Yeah. You can't openly display a nativity scene anymore. It's the way on Christmas. Which is exactly what Chris was talking about earlier with Dangerous Dan. It's like, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Yeah, if it was just Dangerous Dan, I would be like, okay, that's the character. But it's like, it's it's like it just sprinkles a little bit of this into the movie, and it's like, okay, movie, all right. But <laughs> my problem with that is, well, then why would you focus on Santa? Like, Santa is kind of, look, let's just be honest here. Santa is kind of... Secular? He's anti the nativity scene. Like, he's... He took Christmas he, away from... Yeah, yeah uh-huh. He's the reason that people don't focus on Jesus anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't... But still, you're at a school. Of course you can't display a nativity scene at school. Are you kidding me? If that's what your You'd be Christmas shocked. was about... You'd be shocked. Like, it, 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 fine, display it at your church, but it's a religious thing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Back to the family, where the father is upset because now he's blaming his kids... For why they get kicked out. They got kicked out. Like, you couldn't be normal for five minutes. And the mom is like, well, I don't understand why she got so mad about a stupid kitsch statue. And the daughter goes, she wasn't mad. She was scared. Yeah. But can we go back to the kid breaking the statue again? Okay. Just real quick, because I think we need to make this abundantly clear. The butler says, she says, don't touch that. And he he stops. Later on, when the dad goes to talk to the aunt in private, the butler tells the kid, because the kid's touching it again, hey, don't touch that. You're going to break it. And he's like, oh, am I? And he just, like a cat, just pushes it off the table and it breaks. Well, like, well, he's just looking at the guy. Like, this kid is a fucking dickhead. This is what I deal with every yeah. day. <laughs> and the parents are like, it was just a, like, are you kidding me? You should be mortified. Oh, well, later the mom claims that she actually thinks that her son did it on accident. And the daughter's like, no, he fucking didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it just shows you how parents really are. They just want to believe their kids because Our they angels, don't yeah, want uh -huh. to imagine that their kids are assholes. Uh-huh. If you're a parent out there, beware. Your kid might be an asshole, and you're going to have to come to terms with that. You got you to gotta teach them, man. <laughs> yeah. Of course. If you let a kid do whatever they're going to do, of course they're going to turn out to be an asshole. That's another thing Kelsey deals with. That's all what the time. being a parent is about. Yeah, right? You're teaching your kid not to be a dick. So, meanwhile, their car gets broken down. Yeah, do you remember why? Well, because Krampus is there. <laughs> if you want the real reason that's uh -huh. why we do see a vision of krampus watching them he's in the he's in the woods 
And Krampus, by the way, is like this big buff dude painted all white. And then he has kind of like a weird sort of demon face and horns. And he has, he swings around a hook on a chain. Meanwhile, the family with the kid that's not their kid, they take him home. And they're trying to, you know, they got the tree and they're trying to to decorate the tree. And the kid just sits there with this weird look on his face. Mm -hmm. And the dad's trying to perk him up. You know, hey, smile. Hey, why don't you help me? And the kid actually does get up Mm -hmm. and hands him one ornament and then sits back down. Uh That sounds about right. And it's kind of, it's funny, but at the same time, it's creepy. It's like, what's going on here with this kid? Yeah. So then they're sitting there at dinner, and the mom is trying to talk to the kid, and the kid just will not speak to her. Uh-huh. And he keeps shoveling spaghetti into his mouth. And she's like, you keep fucking doing that, you're going to fucking choke. And it keeps doing it, and the, ki- the father gets mad. And he tries to take the fork away from the kid, and the kid stabs him. In the hand with the fork, yeah. Now, the father obviously gets upset about this. And when he starts to yell at the kid, the mom rushes in and is just like, you need to get it together. Like, telling him that, like, he needs stress management. And I'm like, that kid just stabbed his father. Totally, totally. But then he starts, like, taking his belt off and he starts trying to beat the kid. Well, the kid does something else. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. The kid does something else. And her concern, though, is that because he's on, he's off work on stress leave, because he has, like, PTSD, and she's worried that he's taking his mental condition out on his kid, which definitely happens. Right. I understand all that, and I totally get it. You should not belt your child, but... Yeah, your kid did just stab you in the you hand. You need to yeah. do something uh-huh. about this. You can't like, just not this, do something, yeah. <laughs> you cannot ignore... Like, I don't... <sighs> There's so many movies where it's like the kid... Hits somebody and it's like, well, let's try and talk to him. No! <laughs> Discipline your kid! Yeah. God, you cannot let them get away with stabbing another human being! Ugh. Next up is torturing and murdering animals. Exactly. So then we get another cut back to Santa Claus. And he's just like, elves becoming the walking dead? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so all the elves are are zombifying, and he has to fight all of them. So, for the most part, everything that happens to Santa is him just going through the North Pole and killing elves. Because they've all gone zombied. Yeah. And we don't know why. And he has this, like, staff that has, like, a bladed edge and a pointed edge. And, like, he's cutting off, slicing off the tops of uh, heads and stabbing elves. And it's just kind of a lot of this. And at one point... And he feels guilty every time he, he does it. He hates it. He hates that he has to do it. But they've gone feral like this. And, and then there's even one point later on where Mrs. Claus, there's something wrong with her. Well, that's later. Yeah. Back to the kids at the school. They start to hear a little girl singing, and one of the kids decides to go and check it out, and he grabs a weapon, which made me really happy. Uh-huh. Sure, Joel, won't mind. I borrow this. That's, like, step one for Kelsey. Like, if you hear something weird and you're going to investigate it, and you don't grab a weapon, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> so when he leaves, Molly, the, the teenage girl... 
sees something. So Chris was like, did she just see herself? And we couldn't tell because it's a really quick shot. We find out later that no, she didn't. Right. And the girl screams and then has like a seizure. Yeah. Back to the Christmas tree family. Yeah. The father tries to have sex with his wife. And she's just like, really, right now with what's going on with our kid? But we still got like a shower scene with her. Which was kind of sexualizing. I don't know. But so the father is mad because he thinks that she's using the kid as an excuse. And it's like, no, there's something going on here with your child. And maybe uh you should be more interested in fixing it. Yep. But they get into an argument and he ends up going out to the living room. Like he's more angry about the fact that his wife won't have sex with him than he is about the fact that his child stabbed him. Yeah. We then see a shot of the kid in bed. And then we see him in a mirror. And in the mirror, we can see it's not the kid. It's this weird creature-looking thing. Oh, I missed that. Oh, you missed that? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a cool shot, because he, we follow the dad, who says goodnight to him, and when we follow the dad, we see a mirror in the background, and in the mirror, you can see- Oh, interesting. No, I didn't catch that at all. Back to the family in the woods. Again, this is when the kid is like, Dad, what if Krampus is real? And I'm like- Why didn't you think of that before? Yeah. Well, they're walking back to the aunt's house because they have nowhere else to head to. They're in the middle of nowhere and it's in the snow. And so the dad has a road flare. He's holding like a torch to uh, get them through the dark and hopefully back to the aunt's house. But he gets taken. Well, the dad gets like stabbed by this hook thing and dragged. uh, But he ends up getting free and... While they're all like, oh, my God, and freaking out, the mom and the daughter, the son goes and grabs, goes to where the road flare flew to. And he's like, I got it. And, you know, that shot is framed in right just the right way where you're like, oh, something bad's going to happen to this kid. (laughs) Then he gets impaled by this thing and he gets dragged away. And they're like, oh, my God. Yes. We should make weapons. What? In case whatever dad nearly hit comes and hunts us, the sun has set. It is officially Krampus knocked. The night of Krampus. Son, that Krampus is a load of old German bullshit. Dad! Oh Oh my god. God. What happened? Uh, Oh my my god, God, you're bleeding. Uh, uh, Am am I shot? I don't know. Duncan, get back here. Uh, There's so much blood. Uh, 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 Duncan! I got it! Oh my god! Oh my god! Duncan! 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 Duncan, where are you? Duncan! Answer me! Never to be seen again. Yes. So they all, the girls scream and run, I think. Yeah. Then we get back to the Christmas tree family. And the mother receives a phone call from the man who owns the land that they took the tree from. And he's just like, You're on my land, took one of my trees, and I saw your license plate. What do you want? Your boy, how is he? Something happened to him in the grove. Look, I don't know what... Did something happen to your boy? He got lost, but we found him later. No, you didn't. He's still lost. 
Now we haven't got much time, so you're gonna have to do as I say. Bring the changeling back to the forest where you lost your son. Changeling? What the hell is that? Ma'am, that ain't your son. Don't call again. Wait! Wait! You were on my land today and you took one of my trees. And the woman's face is like, oh my god. I my, was right. My I was right. Fucking my fucking husband, husband yeah. did this <laughs> stupid thing and now I'm going to go to jail. You yeah, know, like, she's like, what do you want? Yeah. That ain't your son. And she's just like, do not call me again and hangs up. Yeah, you Because she doesn't want to face that. Yeah. Even though she should fucking know he's being right. Well, she wants to think that she's being harassed as sort of like a punishment for taking a tree off his property. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the living room, the dad's drinking, I think, and he's belligerent and he's upset. And, and as we see him moving around the living room... We see the kid up on the ceiling, just like in Hereditary, crawling around. He's got glowing eyes, which is neat. It's a yeah, neat the glowing eyes touch. effect is kind of cool. And then he ends up. So we we get the sugar plum, sugar plum fairies music playing. Uh-huh. And when the mom walks in, she finds her husband with his hand cut off, and he's been strangled with his belt. And he's wrapped up in Christmas lights from the tree, and he's shoved back into this corner kind of behind the tree and when she approaches the tree like shakes at her and roars and, and we're growls. like oh my god was he just killed by the tree <laughs> yes because the kid is inside the tree i guess yeah and she freaks out and runs away she is not hurt at this point meanwhile the mother and daughter Hide inside a church, and they've they've got they their the father. Dad, yeah, yeah uh-huh. they brought their father. But he's like bleeding out, and and the father starts to confess his sins, and he explains that his business that he's had for a while now uh-huh. went bankrupt a while ago, and they've been he's basically just been getting money from other people he's to support his family. He's operating a Ponzi scheme is what's happening now is he's just get, finding new funding to pay off old debts. And that, that's just a cycle that keeps happening. And that's the real reason why the aunt didn't want them there. Yes. Well, and he was trying to get her to give them money. Yes. And he explains that, well, you know, if Krampus is all about getting the naughty boys and girls, maybe if we confess our sins, he won't take us. And the mom's like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, because I love you and I want to give you good things. And she's like, I thought you didn't care anymore. Like, that's her response. And the the daughter is like, oh, and my brother? Well, because the mother is saying that that can't be true because my, fa- my son was an angel. He never did anything wrong. And the sister is like, what do you think happened to all of our pets, mom? Yeah. The day our cat went missing, I found him in the garage with the trash bag, blood all over him, and he was smiling. And you didn't fucking say anything? Holy shit. Your little brother is a psychopath. Yes. He killed your cat and he was smiling about it. And you didn't say anything to anybody. And she admits to the but fact that thief. she steals things. She just steals little inconsequential things and she just can't help herself. So she's like What's a kleptomaniac. Kleptomania. Yeah. And she stole a lighter from the aunt's house. Yes. And meanwhile, nobody addresses what the mom did. I wrote down, well, what did the mom in the Krampus story do? Just be a bitch? Like, that's her sin? Is that... She thinks her husband doesn't love her, and so she's kind of a bitch about it. 
like, that's it? And now she deserves to die? Well, the father gets taken, gets killed. Well, yeah, and Krampus shows up is what's happening here. And in order to save the daughter, the mom stands up to Krampus, and then she gets totally obliterated, too. It's pretty great. She stabs the Krampus's tongue. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, severs it, which, if you remember from when we watched Krampus... That's part of his shtick, is that he has this weird tongue thing. Yeah. And she says to her daughter, I love you, run. Yeah. Meanwhile, back with Santa, there's this awesome shot where he, it like, impales an elf up against the ceiling, like an elf jumps at him, and the camera angle is kind of at a low angle, and it's just this really fun, dope shot of Santa just being totally badass. And he's still defending himself. And we cut back to Dangerous Dan, which we've been doing. And throughout the night, he gets progressively more and more drunk and belligerent to his producer. And But now he's really kind of like somber. And he mentions something about an ongoing incident at the mall. And keep yourself safe. It's complete and utter chaos down at the mall. Police and emergency crews are on the scene. We don't really know. What's going on? So then back to the Christmas tree family. I think she must realize. Oh, well, because she sees that her husband's been murdered. Yeah. So she gets the son somehow well, back. She, he he calls again. Oh. The guy calls again and he's like, okay, well, here's what you need to do. He tells her he cannot know. He'll sense your intentions. He cannot know what you're trying to do, but you need to bring him here. And so she gets like a bat and... Tries to convince him, come on, you want to go for a ride with mommy? And he's like, maybe, I don't know. And then he sees the bat and he kind of freaks out. And she just like whacks that kid across the face with that bat. It's kind of awesome. It is. And and she ends up knocking him out after there's a little bit of a struggle and taking him to the forest where this old man meets her. And he explains what's going on. He explains that they've had trolls on their land for years. It's all right. They're not going to touch as long as I'm here. They're afraid of me. I know how to hurt them. Hurt them good. The trolls have been on our land for generations. I guess you could say I watch over them. She has a gun at this point? I think she got it from the husband. Things escalate. All the trolls somehow, come out. And somehow she ends up shooting the man. Yes. She panics and she shoots the guy. And now there's like... And he's been the one that seems to be the only one in control. Like, the the trolls seem to be afraid of him. Yeah, he says as much. And so every time that he starts to, they start to kind of act up, he scares them. And he's like, this is the only way. You've got to release him. And she's like, no, wait, where's my fucking son? And he's like, because he told her I can get you your son back. And he's like, sorry, I had to lie to you. I don't know where your son is, but you needed to get this troll back on this land because it's the only way to control them. Yeah. And some chaos happens. She ends up shooting him on accident. Uh And both Chris and I were like, oh, no, now she's fucked. Yeah. But ends up being that the trolls hated the man. Yeah. And because she killed their captor. They gave her her son back. Yeah, she she screams because she's worried she's never going to get her kid back. She's like, I just want my son back. And then the kid ends up 
coming out of that same hole in the tree, just wearing his his A shirt and his tidy whities because the troll stole his clothes earlier in order to impersonate him. There's that, which is kind of cute, and and she ends up getting her son back that way. No explanation as to what happens next with the fact that her husband is strangled by his own belt and wrapped up in Christmas lights in her home. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the high school. Yes. A lot of stuff happening at the high school that I think we've kind of, we're kind of backed up on at this point. We see, like, the, the girl is wandering around. She sees, like, a nun helping a girl have, se- have, have sex, have a baby. But then they end up killing the baby or something. And so what it ends up being is that this teenage girl spirit Uh desperately wants a teenage girl to get pregnant. It's like, well, I think she thinks that she's like the new Mary. Yeah. And she's going to give birth to the reincarnation of Jesus. And so she needs a living girl to give birth. That's what the guy wouldn't do. And so that's why she killed him. That's why she killed the two people from earlier, from last year, is because they weren't willing to help her do that. Yes. And the girl ends up being possessed by the dead girl to have sex with the sound guy to get pregnant. Yeah, well, she she first tries to have sex with the other dude, and he's like, this isn't going to happen. I have a girlfriend. Because he's a girlfriend. Yeah, the girl from the Krampus story. Yes. And she ends up killing him. Yes. And she goes back to the sound guy and seduces him. And he's into it, but he's like, what's going on? Like, yes, I want to have sex with you, but you're acting very weird. And they just do it in a chair. And as soon as she's done, the girl unpossesses her and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, what did you just do? And he's like, me? What you did it is to me? Like, I don't know. He wanted to have sex. I don't know. <laughs> so the story has nothing to do with Christmas. It just happened to happen it's a baby on Christmas Jesus. Eve. It's a baby Jesus thing. That's what it has to do with Christmas. I guess. I guess you're right. So they go back. No explanation as to why the kids were there a year ago. What the fuck were they doing there? I, I'm sure they did, and we just missed it. But they go back to this room. And by the way, the reason they're down here so long is because they're locked down there. None of their keys work on that original door that they because were in. Because the, the ghost locked them in. But they think it's the principal, which is a total red herring. The principal never comes back into the story. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And they go back into this room where the original atrocity took place or whatever. And when the... I think the, the sound guy ends up dying somehow. Yeah. Well, the girl is like the, the ghost girl. Is like, yeah, yeah, you're going to have my baby. And the Molly is like, oh, I'm pregnant. I just know it. I feel I'm pregnant immediately because that's how pregnancy works. <laughs> and the, the sound guy's like, what the fuck is this? We cannot do this. This is totally fucked. <laughs> and the ghost girl pushes him up against the wall in a crucifix pose, just like the guy from last year. And he, as he's pinned up there and Molly's like, no, no, no. And freaking out. And like she has his head in her hands. His neck snaps. Yes. And she didn't do that. No. But his neck does snap while his head is in her hands. Yes. And then she ends up just kind of leaving. Yeah. So I'll have go go have a kid now. So I wrote in the baby story, what happens next? There's tons of footage that's still down there with those dead bodies. <laughs> and you're in them. How do you explain anything? You don't. You don't. It's just a creepy ending to that. So then we got Krampus. The daughter ends up killing him. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. She ends up killing him somehow. Outside the house. She tries to get in and she can't get in. And she falls over to a well where there are all these like metal poles just like lying there. And she, 
as he lunges at her, she impales him. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Then he turns out to be the butler. Yeah. And very confusedly, she goes inside the house and the aunt explains, Krampus is a spirit and he fills the spirit of people who become angry and hate Christmas. Yeah, hateful around Christmas time. Yeah. Uh And the daughter deduces that the aunt used them as bait to lure Krampus out of her house to keep herself safe. Yes. And so- the daughter goes, well, you said that he had the anger that let Krampus uh-huh. in. Well, now I do. And you've been a very bad girl. <laughs> and, and she goes she after turns into aunt. Krampus. You knew my fucked up family would be sharp bait for that thing. So you got rid of us. Oh, it, it isn't like that. Sure it is. You thought Gerhardt was going to turn. So you sent us away knowing that he would come after us. Oh, you sacrificed us for Krampus to save your selfish old ass. Oh, please, please now calm yourself. You don't know the forces that you are playing with. Yes, I do. And I know something else. You've been a bad boy. The whole rules around Krampus are very ill-defined here. Yeah. Because, like, is why is it localized here with this one house? Yeah. Does it happen everywhere? Why haven't we heard more stories about this? Yeah. If it's just people who are angry around Christmas and that, that that's all it takes is being mad around Christmas and you just turn into Krampus. <laughs> so the rules are really ill-defined, but it's kind of a fun little twisty thing in the storyline. And we go back Lastly, to Santa. Santa Claus. So Mrs. Claus ends up turning. Yeah. And he's forced to kill Mrs. Claus. And then he deduces that it's Krampus who's behind it. Krampus shows up. Yeah, and he's just and Santa's like, we end this tonight. And then there's like this epic fight scene, alien versus predator style between Santa and Krampus. But again, it's not bad. It's it's fun, and it's tongue-in-cheek, but not in a way that's just like, hey, what if we made a silly movie about Santa and Krampus? It's like, no, let's make an action movie, and it's Santa versus Krampus, and it's totally stupid and fun, and that's what it is. And I, so I, you know, it's very obviously out there on purpose, and I liked it. And then it turns out to be... That... <laughs> This is this is the big twist. As he's fighting Krampus well, and he well, gets Krampus of all, down. Remember, we keep hearing these weird little snippets from Dangerous Dan about this weird thing happening at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Which if you paid attention earlier, that's where the weatherman was going who wrote fuck Christmas <laughs> earlier. He was going for a charity event. <laughs> well, he was going to be dressed up as Santa Claus. Yeah. And so he kind of snaps out of it a little bit, Santa does, and we see the reality of what's actually happening. He's been murdering people at the mall <laughs> dressed as Santa, thinking that the elves have all gone crazy. And we see, like, flashes of him killing all these actual people. (laughs) And when he's fighting who he thinks is Krampus. And then he is absorbed back into the fantasy again. But we're still left in reality, which is fun. And then the cops burst in. And they shoot him to death. (laughs) 
<laughs> they kill the weatherman. It's a great ending. Yes, and, and there's one problem with it is is if it's just a guy walking around with a staff killing people, why did they talk about it like it was a hostage situation? Why wasn't it like more like an active shooter situation or something like that where like the cops would have gone in way earlier? Why did they go in at the point they did hours later? Like if you think about it too much, that's an inconsistency, but it's still an awesome twist. Yes, it is. Didn't see it coming at all. And I feel and like well planted too. The better way of doing this would have been to tell the story of the cop first, then tell the story of the high schoolers, then the family being attacked by Krampus, and lastly, the the Santa Claus story. And you could have had Dangerous Dan be the narrator throughout. Yeah. And he still could have done the exact same thing, yeah. dropped snippets of this thing that's happening, and it would have been fine. Yeah. But, you know, they chose not to, and it, as Chris yeah. said, it, it kind of chopped up the flow, which you never want. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I really, I, that ending cinched it for me. I end up liking this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, during the closing credits, there's a line that's a very common, silly credits line where no blank were harmed in the making of this film. And they put in whatever CG animal or whatever no it was. In this case, it's elves. Yeah. Now, again, it doesn't make sense because at the end, they're basically telling you that none of the fantastical stuff is real. Well, if none of the fantastical stuff is real, then no, why the did Santa we get the stuff. Krampus story? Yeah, and then Krampus doesn't make sense anymore. And yeah. Unless you just want to say that it's just that they go crazy and end up killing people. Or that Krampus is real and in that story, but this Santa is just hallucinating him. I guess. But it, it raises questions that don't have answers and aren't interesting to think about. They just kind of annoy you. Yes. So that's kind of a bang, but you know, whatever. I get over that really easily. So Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? 22 reviews. 57? 82%. Wow. Yep. But it has a Metacritic of 49. So a lot of people who watched it liked it. And this one does have more reviews from places like Variety and the LA Times and like major publications, but they don't like it like a lot. They don't think it's a great movie. They just, a lot of people liked it more than they disliked it. It's kind of rare that you see the Rotten Tomatoes that far away from the Metacritic score, but it happens. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? It's a little overrated. I agree. What would you give it? I'm going to give this a 70. So what I gave Christmas Evil. I guess. I'm going to give this a 68. You liked Christmas Evil more than this? I did. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the movie. And it really, it gains all of its points at the end. Right. But this was a lot more fun to watch than Christmas Evil was. But yeah, I mean, you're right. But it annoyed me more every time they changed scenes. Every time there was a scene change, I'm like, oh, well, I was just getting interested. Like it. So that was a big problem with it, I think. And the ending made me f forget about that, or at least it made up for that. But I mean, it's not to say I don't like it. You said you liked Christmas Evil and you gave it a 61. Mm -hmm. I'm giving this a 68. <laughs> so I liked this more than you liked Christmas Evil, basically. But yeah, no, I liked it. It was good. It was fun. It wasn't garbage, which it very well could have been. Yeah. 
But that is 2015's A Christmas Horror Story, thus ending our first week of Christmas movies. There's more. What are we watching next week? Next week, we are going to watch Jack Frost. Yes. Literally never seen this movie. Never seen it. As opposed to figuratively never seen this movie? Whatever. And Rare Exports. Yes. I know of it. Never seen it. So I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, until then, you can always reach us at our website, podcemetery.com, where you can get a list of every movie we've ever covered in alphabetical order with fun poster art. Also, uh, every episode we've ever released in chronological order. You can follow us on Twitter, at Pod Cemetery. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice. Rate and review. Of course, as always, five-star written reviews are the biggest help. Thank you for sharing us with your friends, and especially thank you for listening in the GD first place. We love each and every one of you. Uh, coming up at the end of the year, or rather at the beginning of the new year, we're going to be doing uh, a different thing than what we've done in, in New Year's past, where we're going to be covering uh, two episodes while we're away on our honeymoon are going to be uh, the worst of 2019 and the best of 2019. Uh, so two separate episodes that we'll release while we're gone. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. It's the what we've covered on the show in the year 2019. Until then, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Let me know when you are ready for quiet time. I'm ready. All right, quiet time starts. Oh, wait. Say something. Something. (laughs) Before we move on to our next movie, Kelsey, Trivial Pursuit Horror. No, what? Huh? Is this the one where a ton of hands grab him or is that a different movie? That's it, chapter two. Okay, thank you. Did he just see herself? Did she just see herself? The two women, or the mom and, and the young woman. Daughter. The daughter. Don't you know we're recording here?